Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories. I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the Nova Show Real Estate Records. My name is Tristan Hammett, and I am your host for today's episode. Today, we have a remarkable guest who wears many hats, a devoted mother of four, a loving wife, an astute investor, and a seasoned realtor. Get ready to be inspired by the incredible journey of Kenya Arnett. As a real estate professional and a homeowner herself, Kenya understands that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. She believes that success in the real estate industry is rooted in relationships and takes immense pride in cultivating meaningful connections with her clients. Are you ready for an insightful journey into the world of real estate? Tune in, stay engaged, and let's uncover the secrets to success with Kenya. Awesome. Woo. That's a great intro. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm so glad that you are on here with me. I met Kenya. It's got to be over a year ago. Yeah, it was a cold call. It was. It was a cold call. So even I have That's to do cold point. calls. And um, and we get a lot of cold calls. I'm so sh- that mean, that says a lot like on your behalf that I actually took your call and met up with you. Yes. Thank you. Was, there was something special that I was like, okay, like I think it was even like Christmas Eve or something crazy like that. Or I in think between it the holidays. was. Maybe it wasn't Christmas Eve, but it was definitely like no one's working right now. No one was working. Me. And that's what I said. I was like... <laughs> wow, you picked up your phone. (laughs) That's what it was. And I have an out-of-state number. So really, I don't get anyone picking up my phone. Well, when you're a realtor, you got to answer your phone. Thank you. I could be an out-of-state buyer. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. So, um, and since then, we've just stayed in contact. And yeah, so I'm really excited to be here with with you and share your story. Me too. Thank you. Of course. So let's get started. Tell us where you're from and how you got into real estate. Okay, so I am from a, what was a small, cute little town, Payson, Utah. Oh, that is um, cute. So I grew up there and then you know, graduated, went to the University of Utah. And um, how far do I go for that? Let's just say, how did I get into real estate? <laughs> Honestly, it started when I had my first child. Okay. And um, I was working at the University of Utah, a nine-to-five job, and it was like a lot of weight to be <laughs> taking care of a baby, rushing to daycare, going to work, and coming back. Um, put him to bedtime, put him in bed and it was like no time with him. And I was like, this can't be real life. This yeah. can't like, this isn't how family life is supposed to be. So my husband and I immediately started like researching, like in the first few months of, of having a baby, like we got to find some other way to make money because this like paying, getting paid by the hour type of thing is like not our, our way. I think we always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So fast forward, um, I picked up a book and it was real estate. <laughs> wow. I started just reading, listening to podcasts and I picked up a book that it, that actually gave the challenge to um, buy your first investment property in the next 12 weeks. Wow. And so this is now, I think that that baby was almost a year old, and um, I was pregnant again. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was pregnant. I pick up this book. It says, buy your first piece of real estate in the next 12 weeks. And I go home, and I'm like, honey, we got to buy a piece of real estate. Like, that's how we're going to be able to build wealth and, and make money that isn't tied to our time. Wow. And uh, so anyway, I got started in, in investing. We we did it within 12 weeks. We bought our first, we owned a home. So we moved out of it, bought our first property. 
that was intended to become a rental. And we kept doing that over and over again. Okay. And, and then with that, friends and family knew that we were getting into real estate. And um, I had partnered with a flipper to do some renovation flip type work. And he t- said, hey, get your license. And I'm like, okay, I was considering it. So let's do it. And then after that, people just started calling and wanting me to help them buy and sell. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't really intending to do this, but sure, why not? And in the first year, I did eight deals like without trying, yeah. <laughs> kind of on accident. Yeah, just people like... <laughs> Friends and family yeah, just they, reaching out, hey, can you help me buy real estate? Can you help us sell a house? I'm like, oh, sure, why not? That's so. awesome. Um, and then since then, I know I know that you, you do really well for yourself. How long ago would you say that you got full-time into real estate? Um, so I got licensed in 2019. Okay. Is that right? How many years is that? Five? I'm coming up on six years, so... Trying to remember what year my baby was born because <laughs> I was pregnant <laughs> again, <laughs> third baby. Um, so I, I mean, I was I had a full time job in 2019, and I, um, I toward the end of the year when I realized I'd made more money on my in my side gig of real estate, mm-hmm. I quit my job around like August. Okay, um, and that's when I became. No, 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 that wasn't August. It wasn't until February of 2019. Okay, that's when I became full time. Okay, you know I think it's so crucial to point this out so you're saying you had your job and then you realize you were making more money doing this as your like side gig and when you have that extra eight hours a day to feed into that if that's something you really want to do like you can make it work oh absolutely like you if all your energy is put into that like you it will work it has to so the I love I've seen a few agents that have taken that leap and I know how hard it probably had to be it's so scary. to get rid of that paycheck that you know yep. is coming every two weeks. But man, just like look at your life now and the oh, things yeah. that you're able to do now and provide for your family. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's scary. And I think there is a sweet spot because some people, well, I mean, everyone has the, the choose your own adventure, your own risk um, threshold. But I think there's a sweet spot of like, you know that you can succeed and you're like, you've done it. You've proven to yourself that you can, um, but it's still scary enough. Cause if you wait too long, you get too comfortable. Like I, I have a friend that stayed in her job for like decades and mm-hmm. then when she could have left sooner. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a sweet spot where you know that you can do it and it's still a little bit scary and you've got, you've got to prove yourself. So you've got to work hard and it, it's not just this easy thing. Yeah. And you've got a family that you have right. to provide for. So yeah. at that point we had three kids Okay. So, and my husband was, he had just become an appraiser. So on that same path of like, we got to get out of our nine to five jobs. He went the route of becoming an appraiser. Okay. And so he, he left W2 before I did. And so by the time I was leaving, it was like the final, like no more insurance, <laughs> no more yeah. security. Like it's, it's sinker, sinker swim. Yes. So, we swam. so let's <laughs> talk about that. So your husband's an appraiser. How do you find that that helps you in your oh, business? Yes, absolutely. Can yeah. you explain a little bit? Yeah. So obviously um, he has to be an unbiased party for anything that he's appraising. So if it's a transaction that I'm, that I'm related to, if it's a client of mine, he can't touch it. But okay. Um, he understanding how an appraisal works mm-hmm. is really important. And it's something that a lot of agents don't really get a lot of training on. Um, they don't really understand. And, and when, the way I look at it, appraised value and market value are not always the same thing. Like the way I look at it, market value is more emotion-based. It's what a, a buyer is willing to pay for something. And uh, an appraised value has a lot of regulations from higher bodies that are requiring an appraiser to do certain things and look at certain things. So it's a little bit more of a scientific method, if you will. 
Um, and so understanding the way an appraiser approaches value and the way that buyers and sellers approach value, um, for one, it helps me navigate potential pitfalls in a transaction. Mm-hmm. Like if I can see that this is going to have an appraisal issue, we're going to craft our offer a little bit differently. Yes. And if I'm receiving an offer as a listing agent, I'm going to have to be aware of, of maybe I have to prepare my seller that, hey, this buyer might be willing to pay this much, but they're contingent on an on an appraisal and here's the reality of what an appraisal what happened might happen with an appraisal so I definitely use that understanding when listing a home when putting in offers and also in winning reconsiderations of value which we've done many times wow yeah Yeah, I that has got to be so beneficial having that knowledge yeah yeah very cool we just actually had a really great one recently in the last month where we had to fight really hard because bless those appraisers hearts like I love one (laughs) 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 but there's definitely a rivalry between appraisers and, and agents and um, sometimes it seems like they don't look at those reconsiderations of value mm-hmm. um, and they just say, nope. And so we had them tell us, nope, a couple times. And we kept calling them, like making them be, but look at what we wrote, like actually look at it. And how can you tell us that it's wrong? And after the third, like push, we, he came up in value $20,000 and saved the deal. Wow. So. Wow. Is there some that you get that you're like puzzled by that you'll have your husband look at? Oh, absolutely. And be like, what, what? Yeah. What are they seeing that I'm yep. not? Like, what is yes. going on? And that's the beauty is that we can see it from the eyes of the appraiser mm-hmm. and we can rebuttal it in the language of an appraiser. Yes. And so, because sometimes as agents, and we have a funny story. So Len and I, my husband, actually, we teach a CMA class um, at, at the local brokerage. Okay. <laughs> we do that once a month, um, mostly for the new agents. But we like to tell the story of, of a really tall, strong agent who one, once approached my, bro- my well, my brother is an appraiser as well. My brother was training my husband. And was really upset about the value because she wanted to compare a $500,000 house to a million-dollar house. And mm. She very largely said, can't you just adjust? Oh, can't you just adjust it? <laughs> uh, which we laugh about because, yeah, appraisers can make adjustments, but there's a little more to the picture. And a lot of agents don't really see and understand what's going on behind the scenes or, you know, the concepts of having to bracket and uh, – the way that they value GLA versus basements, square footage. It's just, yeah, there's this just so just many things that agents don't really have a reason to know. Right, <laughs> right, but will help you. It will help you. Definitely, yes. and your clients on either side. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's a great bonus. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about um, something new and exciting that you just got announced yesterday. Yes. Um, <laughs> you made Top 500 Realtor. Yes, congratulations. So thank you, thank you. Oh my gosh, was that a goal of yours? Yes, I mean, I didn't know it was a goal of mine at first, but when I realized that that was a thing a couple of years ago and I had just missed it, I was so disappointed. I was like, I'm like right on the cusp. And then last year, so that was that was two years ago when I realized like, oh, wow, that's something that I could maybe do. Yeah. Then last year, I I didn't think I would make it. I heard rumor of like, oh, it's the, this is about where you have to be. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm there. Um, and then I could have added my non-MLS sales and I didn't. Oh, And okay. I didn't make it last year. And so I was really bummed. So it's like two years where I was like, I could have, should have, I could have, should have. Yeah. And then this year of all years, a year when it's up in a hard year, right? Yes. Yeah. We've had conversations about this. Yes. It's been a really hard year and I've been putting a lot of energy into kind of trying to level up my business and figure out which direction I'm going. Um, so on top of those growing pains in the market kind of shifting, it was a year that I felt like I was failing a lot. Mm. And so that's where a lot of growth happens, though. Yeah. So it was kind of and, and it was even just finding out yesterday was kind of a cute story because, you know, I work at home in my office and we uh, we don't have an annual on Mondays. And so my husband was with the kids and 
I ran upstairs to go talk to him about something real quick and left the office. And it was when I was sitting in front of him that I saw the message popped up that I got it. And I immediately, I did it. I finally did it. And he's like, what's going on? And like, we both just went into tears. Yeah. Then my little two year old, my little two year old didn't know what it was, but came and gave me a hug. And uh, as I've thought about it more, like, why was that such an emotional, like such a big deal this time? Like, why did it mean so much? And I think it really is that it was such a hard year and there was a lot of pain. And so it feels like the pain was justified now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, you have to, to go through the pain. At the end yes. of like, okay. Maybe I'm doing okay. Maybe I didn't fail all year. Yes. So it was really powerful. Yeah, that is, it's, an, it's inspiring and a testament to your dedication and that all of the work that you were doing, yeah. like I was doing stuff last yes. year. Okay. When, you know how like, you get to the end of the day sometimes you're like, I didn't even do anything. What did I even do today? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I have a lot of those days where I'm like, I didn't even accomplish anything. I didn't do all the things, but it's nice to every now and then get like a, uh, some sort of messages. No, you're doing enough. You're doing okay. You're yeah. doing fine. Yeah. You did great. So congratulations. Thank I know you. that's, I know it's a big, um, goal and aspiration for a lot of agents to make the top 500 yeah. and it's an accomplishment because we have a lot of real estate agents. Like, what, what is it in Salt Lake County? I don't know. I actually tried to look at that yesterday. At least on the MLS, it showed that there were 17,000. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was 17,000, but I didn't know if that was all of Utah or just Salt Lake. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. either. But 17,000 was yeah. the same number I had. Okay, so what do you think has helped you over these past few years since you've been licensed in your growth? I know that... Um, your relationships, as I mentioned in your intro, are a huge part of your business. So how do you maintain those relationships and create, well, first create and then maintain them to where your friends and clients remember to call you when they need you or to refer you when they hear about it? I think this is an area that I could probably improve on a lot. Okay. <laughs> but that said, um, as far as like creating and maintaining a relationship, to be completely honest, I, I don't think I'm super intentional about it. I mean, I, I am, I think really the answer that I'm trying to, to say is like just authenticity. Okay. I think just being a genuine person and being authentic authentic, authentic and knowing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it's like people come to me because they know, like, and trust me. They, they know that I would have their best interest at heart. And, you know, thank you to them for coming to me. They don't know yet what I, what I can do as far as an agent and then when I do work with them and I show them that I really care and I give them sound advice and I help them successfully through a, through a transaction, then they realize, oh, not only do I know, like, and trust her, but she actually is competent. Yes. And so that I think that's what keeps them coming back and sending referrals and um, I don't know. Okay. Because your business is 100% referrals, correct? Pretty, I mean, yes, SOI, so sphere of influence, relationships and referrals. I don't, uh, I've, I've done just a couple of Someone found me on Google okay. or something like that, which is kind of also referral because uh, yeah. they see the reviews. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I somewhat have a rarely work with strangers. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Do you feel like social media, I know you're on social media and you yeah. actually have two separate pages. One's more personal yeah. and one is business, but you do mix your family in there too. So I've actually kind of abandoned the personal one okay. in the last year. Because I did struggle over that for a really long time where I thought, oh, well, you know, my business people don't want to steal my kids and things like that. And then I thought, well, my my family and friends, they don't want me to, like, be selling to them or marketing to them. And so, like, I really kind of, I tried to separate for a long time, which was 
it was really hard to do because I'm a whole person. Yeah. Like, I'm just a one person. Like yeah. I'm a mom and I'm a realtor. And sometimes I'm momming and realtoring at the same time. Yes. So trying to separate like what goes here and what goes there. And, and that's maybe also a little bit of a journey toward what I said earlier is authenticity. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I think people who like love, know, like, and love me are going to like accept all of me. And so I, I have abandoned doing the personal one. Like it's not, I don't want to delete it because those are memories. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sentimental. And I like, I like the documentation, but, um, so I, I do just share on now on my business page. Okay. Which I love that because a lot of people, families can relate to you. Exactly. They are most, I mean, not everyone are parents, but a lot of people, especially here in Utah are parents and they can relate to you they do want to see your kids and see how cute and sweet like your kids seem so sweet like with the things that they say (laughs) um so so I I like seeing that stuff and I'm sure I know your clients do too yeah I mean in the the last year we rebranded and like my my brand is good life Mm -hmm. and and that is because it is like buying a home isn't just about a contract and numbers and and you know whatever or an investment it's it is for a bigger reason, and it's chasing a good life. And so um, my passion behind real estate and homeownership for other people and also for the wealth-building opportunity that it gives them, it's all important or purposeful or meaningful to me because I know that it can provide a good life. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's kind of – it was when I rebranded that I kind of – you know, I'm like, a good life to me isn't just me selling homes. A good life to me is – selling homes that is providing a good life for others. And I'm also providing a good life for my family. So it all goes together. Yes. It's all one. So no more separation. I love that. And I remember when you were going through, when you were oh, rebranding. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, let's talk about your, you've kind of gone back and forth with team. Yes. Creating a team. Yes. So where are we right now? Mm. Where are we right now? Right now I'm actually like backing up because it's been two years of struggle. So that's why I'm saying like this last year of kind of feeling like I'm failing of, I've been spending a lot of time pouring into trying to build systems and people into my business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've made some great progress, uh, a lot of learning lessons, and I'm kind of retreating back to like, okay, let's get back to center. And um, I know I have a lot of new lessons learned and I'm taking a break until I can now find the right people again. So it's just me all alone right now. Okay. As of yesterday. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> as of yesterday, I'm, I'm the sole uh, member. I mean, I guess Landon is involved too, my husband, but I'm, it's just me and I'm rebuilding. Yeah. So whether I end up, um, I have a hard time not seeing more people in the future. Um, I just want to make sure that I, I build a really good foundation and that I have a lot of clarity on my vision and my goals before I start bringing people in. And I think that's been my problem over the last two years is I've been a little wishy-washy on the vision. Yeah, but that's okay. It's trying to figure out what what's going to work. Yeah. And it doesn't have to work right away. Yeah, I, that's you know? a lesson I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. like that, And that kind of goes with like anything in life. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to do it or, or just kind of create this vision of yeah. what it looks like for you. And that's okay, yeah. you know? And my coach, I, I have a real estate coach, and last week he kind of pushed back because I'm like, maybe I'm just not a good leader. Maybe this just isn't for me. I'm like, my, I don't know, my vision isn't clear or it's changed. And he's like, do you think that any good leader has, their vision has not changed? Does it always stay the same? Always change. Does it start out the same and end the same? No, it changes. And so mm-hmm. I think um, I've been learning a lot and becoming a new person, you know, every day and every year. And I think that's kind of 
clarifying what the real vision is and I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. So. I love it. Yeah. And let's talk about your real estate coach. So realist, um, I'm, I'm noticing a trend with, um, top producing agents and a lot of them have coaches. And I think it's so important to be consistently growing. So when and why did you decide to get a coach? So I think it's been just over two years now that I've been working with my, it was probably, I think I started right after I met you. Or is that only a year? Whatever, a year or two. Okay. <laughs> I think it's been two years. Um, I, I started because I recognized um, that I was kind of, I don't want to say going in circles, kind of like spinning wheels, going in circles of like, I ha- I know I have like so much knowledge and understanding and I have so much potential and ability, but sometimes I'm, it's the vision, right? I get a little bit stuck trying to figure out what I'm doing or what I should be doing. Um, so I guess I knew I had some unta- untapped potential that needed to be directed, redirected. And it's been exactly that. I, I mean, I feel like I got so lucky because I've heard some people not have as great of experiences, but from day one, my coach has been perfect for me and has been exactly what I needed and helps me see things. Um, it's honestly, it's like therapy in a mm-hmm. sense, helps me see things like shines a mirror back on me and, and help me see maybe the loops that I'm getting stuck in and mm-hmm. the hurdles that I need to overcome and really just provide a wider perspective with experience of the real estate world and what I'm dealing with. Um, so he's done a really fantastic job at guiding me um, in the right direction. Okay. I love that. And what do you think the top three things are that have contributed to your growth? Hmm. I think the top would be my values and that being um, excellence, integrity, um, and abundance. I believe that there's almost like limitless opportunity for everyone um, and for myself. And so I think that those values would be number one. Um, relationships. Uh, I, I firmly believe that no one succeeds alone. Mm-hmm. And so, again, a coach around me, um, friends and family, clients who you know, like and trust me and they support me and they send referrals my way. Um, and I think like a desire to learn. Okay. Like endless learning, like I, you know, attending classes, listening to podcasts, like endlessly, like learning new tools to help my clients yes okay that's excellent I've heard um those are actually a lot of the common things that I hear yeah yeah (laughs) the education part I think is so important relationships obviously Mm -hmm. um and having you know that is one though that I haven't heard is like the your values yeah so and I think that's so important because who you are is going to attract the people that want to work with you and that you want to work with. And if you have those values solid, yep. like that's something, that's one of those things that I have gained a lot of clarity on over the last couple of years. So like mm-hmm. one of those pieces of the puzzle that needed to be unburied so that I could start building whatever it is I'm building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To start kind of see the, the vision. That's ex- That's awesome. Um, how do you balance your work life with four Four young children. What's the oldest? How old's the oldest? Eight. Eight. Yeah. So those are all pretty young. Um, And so, how do you balance that work, being a a wife? Yeah. Again, it's it's been a challenge, and I feel like again more so this year 
where um, it's been a hard market and it's required a, a lot of extra energy. Um, so it's it's been a struggle. Um, I think, I mean, number one is leverage. It's something I'm, I'm working on a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how to, who, who can help me, not just how do I do it, but who's going to do it. Um, so we do have a full-time nanny. Um, well, we've, we have had a full-time nanny for four years um, who is 74 years old and found love, and she's getting married and leaving us, but we just extended um, a, the position to a new nanny today that we're really excited about. So we have a nanny help four days a week. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Landon is self-employed as well, so the mm-hmm. two of us, we balance. And there are some times when he is so busy. We're, we're, I mean, a couple of years ago, appraisals were crazy because everybody was refinancing. Mm-hmm. He had a really heavy workload, um, and I filled in the gaps around him. And okay. right now I have a really heavy workload and he fills in the gaps around me. Um, so I, I, I have to say that like the number one, like how I balance it is I have a really great partner. Wow. Okay. The support yes. from your spouse. Yeah. That if without, without my husband, I mean, we couldn't, I mean, and I mean, without our marriage, I can't, I won't just say him. It's like he and I together, we, we support each other and we're there for each other and we, we always say that's why there's two of us. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're struggling, one of us is just can't keep it together, and he'll, you know, oh, hey, that's why there's two of us because he's ready Aww. to stand in, and, and sometimes it's him that needs to fall apart, and I have to step it up. Okay, that's why there's two of us. Yeah, I I watched this one. I don't know, it was probably on Instagram or something, but this video, and it's like when you're having a hard day and you show up, like you come through the door, and you're like, hey, I'm at a, I'm at a thirty today. Like, are you able to be a 70, you know? And I'm like, God, it's brilliant. Like, (laughs) I am not feeling today. I'm I'm not having that. I'm not 100. Yeah. So. I think that and the other thing that I've had to learn a lot over the last couple of years is boundaries. And it's still Mm. such a struggle, but putting boundaries around work time and family time. And I mean, there are times where I'm doing both at the same time, but I've, I, I have a little bit of a, maybe a perfectionist. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Okay. <laughs> perfectionist in recovery where, you know, I get a text message and I want to respond immediately. Like I don't want to like fail anyone by not being available. And I've had to learn to change that and set expectations with my clients around here are my regular working hours and I will respond to you if I'm not in a meeting or if I'm not face-to-face with you, I'm not texting other people. I'll respond to you within a certain amount of time. And if it's after work hours, you know, you may not hear from me till the next day because I need to put boundaries around that time with my family where I can walk away from my phone. Yeah, there's nothing that's going to happen in the no. middle of the night there are really no that emergencies. I can fix. <laughs> there really are no real estate like, emergencies. Like, I'll pick up and be like, yeah, in the morning we'll have to call someone for that. You yeah, know, like exactly. you can't do anything right then and there. Yeah. Um, and I really think setting boundaries is so important. A lot of real estate agents struggle with this. Yes. Do you, you know, Kathy? Yeah, Kathy Moore. So she talks about um, her mentor would say, you're a Pop-Tart agent. And she's like, what does that mean? And they're like, as soon as someone says, like, can we go do this now? You're like, yes, let's go. When in reality, like, no, you've got your family life. You You have to set those boundaries. And people will understand if you if you set the the expectation yes because if you are a pop up or pop tart whatever yeah pop tart agent and you set that expectation from the beginning then as soon as you don't they're like well like you are so engaged where are you now right and I think when you when you do clearly state it up front they very much they respect it I, and I've seen that this year has been when I've been trying to make that boundary more clear and I've had 
plenty of, of clients, like very specifically, like, hey, hey, don't don't respond to me. It's okay. This can be tomorrow. Because they, they have families right. too, and they understand what burnout is, which is a serious problem in, in our industry. Yeah. And they, they respect it. Okay. So let's talk about this, like the burnout. How are some, what are some ways that you protect your mindset? Are there certain things that you do? Yeah, I mean, the boundaries is a, probably one of the first good ones. Um, well, coaching, again, uh, having a mirror sometimes reflected and these moments where you get a big reward and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing okay. Because it's just so easy to go into the, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's so many of us that, I mean, we tend to be high achievers in this industry because it takes a lot to succeed in this industry. And so it, we, it's really easy to go straight into what you're not doing enough of. And so focusing on wins. I just read the, the book, The Gap and the Gain read that one no and it talks about recording your wins every single day and seeing the gains rather than dwelling in in the gap <gasps> i love so that's, this that's that's been really powerful what for is me. it the gaps and the gains the gap and the gain the gap in the gain okay and so i i i don't do this perfectly but as a gain <laughs> as a gain i do this frequently um where at the end of the night i write gratitudes three gratitudes and three wins for the day okay um, and actually it's so cute. My little son, my eight year old, he can write, he's got a little notebook and we've been doing it at nighttime and he writes them down as Aww. well. So I think that's pretty special, but that helps me a ton. And I, I've noticed there was a, uh, maybe it was last year where I did it almost every single night for like nine months straight. Wow. And then I kind of got a little spotty, but I noticed a huge difference in my mindset when I was focusing on those gratitudes and on the wins. And then I'm a yogi. I love yoga so much. Yoga okay. is a really good way for me to breathe and move and kind of ground myself and center myself and a little bit of meditation and honestly just breathing. I mean, I think that came from yoga and meditation, but I find myself like it's a trigger now as soon as I feel any sort of anxiety yeah. or I just take a deep breath yeah. and it really grounds me. So I think that is not to say that I don't, don't experience burnout, but that's one of the remedies to overcome it. Okay. And definitely helps. Yeah. I could see that too. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go breathe right now. Just breathe. Just <laughs> I take just a second. Take a deep breathe. breath. There's sometimes in my car, I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. Another my <laughs> cute little favorite story because I would kind of get, you know, put my kid to bed and it'd take forever, take forever because we stay with them until they fall asleep. And I would, to be patient. And then uh, I started hearing my little, like, before he was even two, like, my one- and two-year-old at night, as soon as he heard me do it, I would hear him go. <sighs> and I'm like, it is my, like, one of my proudest moments. I'm like, I yes. taught my child to breathe, to yes. relax. How cool is that? I love that. <laughs> they model us so much. They do. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. They're so cute, your kids. Uh, they're, they're adorable. They look like they're a fun bunch that keeps you. They're, they're so close in age. Like, the yeah. first three were born within three years. So they're just they're just a, a bundle of chaos. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So um what advice do you have for first time home buyers? Hmm. First time home buyers. You know, I think one of the first things that uh well, first buy as soon as you're ready. That is the most important thing. That, like my message to to I'm not saying buy before you're ready, but buy as soon as you're ready and don't wait. Um, and then the second piece of advice would be to recognize that this home is probably not your forever home. Mm-hmm. And some people, again, they want to, they're going to wait because they want to wait till they can afford the most perfect home. And maybe in some markets that was acceptable. Um, in the market that we live in here in Utah, uh, waiting is really costly. 
So you don't want to be waiting for finances and you don't want to be waiting for a perfect house. You want to, you want to buy a good house, not one that's going to be a huge liability, um, but buy as soon as you can and then realize that I think there's a, a statistic out there that they do every year, like the National Association of Realtors, that says something, I mean, I butcher these numbers that are made up on the spot type of thing, but the general idea is like 94% of buyers think, first-time home buyers think they're going to live in that home for at least 10 years. Mm. And then the reality was something like 40% do. And so, like, there's a really good chance you're not going to live there forever. So if you can live there for a period of time and you can get by and be happy and afford your payment, buy the house and then upgrade later. Yeah. Use it as a stepping stone. Exactly. Yeah. To get into that dream home or more investing. I mean, that's what we did. We, I mean, you, a few years, we were living in shambles. Like, we lived in the tiniest little, I mean, we had six people, four, three adults sharing a bathroom, and we were in 1,100 square feet with one bathroom. Wow. And we bought homes like that that we could turn into rentals yeah um over and over again until we could buy the dream house and now we're in the dream house and like it's it's amazing we wouldn't have gotten here without buying all of the cheaper houses first okay and so can i ask you how many doors do you have well we just sold our first two okay so we had nine but now we're down to seven okay we're in the middle of a 1031 exchange, so we'll be wow. replacing that soon. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's awesome. So let's talk about investing. And so you read that book, 12 Weeks to Purchase Your First Investment Home. That was the the first, the book was called oh, Real Estate. No, if, I don't know. Something about real estate. I don't know. I have to like tell you. I don't have show notes somewhere, but real estate for beginners. It's some okay. sort of beginner book. In the very first chapter, he says, everyone always says they want to buy real estate. They wish they would have bought real estate five years ago. Um, and then the next best time is now. And so don't be that person. Make the commitment by in the next 12 weeks. Okay. What advice would you give to a first time investor? I'm going to assume that in a first time investor, I'm going to put them back where I was. And that was that they, uh, maybe they own a home or they don't own a home. And I would do exactly what I did because that is the cheapest, most effective way to get into the real estate market. And that was to buy a home for myself to move into, because you can do it with way better terms less money down, lower interest rate, live in it for a couple of years. And then when you're ready, make the next purchase, keep the first one. And you can use the rental income from that first one to qualify for the next one. Mm. Uh, so I would do that, be willing to move, which if you already own a home, and I've, I've had plenty of friends and clients that already own a home, and they're like, this is our home, I don't want to leave it. And well, then I guess you're stuck. So try not to buy something too nice your first time. <laughs> <laughs> try not to buy the, the dream home in the first time. Buy as much as you can, as soon as you can, yeah. and then settle down when you feel like it's you know built the foundation that you're good with. So I would do that. I would I would serial owner occupy, rinse and repeat. And then if you are done, like we are, we're done now. We're in the dream home. We're not moving anymore. We don't want to make that sacrifice anymore. Um, but now you have all these other homes that you can pull from the yes, money from exactly. and purchase more. Yes. Are these? Long-term rentals, short-term rentals? All long-term rentals. All long-term. Mm -hmm. Okay. I haven't, I I mean, earlier in the, my career or my, like, passion for real estate, I had a lot more time on my hands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't a busy real estate agent with four children. And so I just poured into all the podcasts and books and any opportunity I could to really, really learn how to do it well. Um, and I haven't had that type of energy to pour into short-term rentals, but I am very intrigued mm -hmm. and have some resources around me where we might, I might have to leverage other people's knowledge at yeah. this point, but I'm and open to considering some short-term and just haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Okay. Um, that is, I think that's brilliant because I think 
I mean, I know how like old you are and it's just like mind blowing to me <laughs> that you've done all of this in the short time we've been on this earth. <laughs> And it's so impressive. That reminder and perspective. Yeah. I mean, like, that's very impressive. Thank you. You've built a, a, an amazing life. Yeah. You know, at least from an outsider looking in. I know you know yeah. too, you know, but just an outsider looking in, it's very, um, it's something I can, like, look up to. I mean, yeah, I've bought houses, but I've never invested. Don't change that. I know. So, but I know how important it is, and I know how much money is in real estate because I've I bought in '09, you know, and sold that house, and you know, and even our house in Hawaii. We lived there for only one year, and we had to move, and we made money on it, you know. So I know the importance. Of buying real estate. It comes with sacrifice. It does, yeah. It's like the instant gratification of getting the paycheck. Like we've, I mean, technically we just sold two, but it's sitting in a fund that we can't touch because mm-hmm. it's a 1031 exchange. Yeah. And so it's like, it would be really fun and exciting to take that money, invest in something else. But we've been kicking that down the road for a envir- like a retirement, like mm-hmm. to, to build more. Yeah. So it, it takes some sacrifice. Can you explain a little bit more about a 1031 exchange? Yeah, so 1031 exchange, hopefully it doesn't go away, but it is uh, like a government, um, it's basically an opportunity to not pay taxes on the gain of the sale of a home and instead defer it into a new property. Mm -hmm. So we sold a property, um, you know, we had a certain amount of gain and now instead of paying taxes on that gain, we are going to reinvest it into a new property. And so it's really just kicking the can down the road. Yeah. I mean, our, really the only way that you ultimately get to avoid paying that tax is to die, which is kind of our plan, to be honest, because yes. <laughs> once you die, it then is basically forgiven and our kids can inherit it okay. tax-free. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's so important as an agent to know and understand the 1031 exchanges because you just have that yeah. much more knowledge yeah. in investing and you can help your clients yes. with yeah. the investing and like, hey, maybe... Here, here's an option, mm-hmm. you know, especially because some of those taxes could be pretty hefty. It's, yes, very heavy. Yeah. So, okay, awesome. And what, where do you see yourself in the next, like, five years? In the next five years, I really, I want to use more positive words than just hope. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to change that. Um, I see myself having a team. Okay. Whether it's a, a team of agents, I don't know. Um, I, I do really enjoy teaching and maybe coaching more than like being fully responsible for people's livelihoods. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it'll be a team. Um, I probably would be like a, a lean, mean team um, where I, I want there to be a healthy amount of giving back. It takes a lot to train up an agent, which is probably my hesitation. Yeah. It, it's a, it's, I it, could understand that because the turnaround that I see, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It, it and that's a lot, lot of, of your you. time. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I feel like anytime you're, you're training into an agent, it's because you want to give back. Like yes. there, there may be some compensation there, but for the amount of of energy that you're putting in, you could just go do it yourself and make more money. Right. So I'm trying to find the right place where I can set, really the goal in five years is to be very financially free. 
to maybe be at the lifestyle that I'm at right now, but not dependent on money, mm-hmm. not dependent on active income for money so that I have more time and energy to give back, not only to other maybe agents or other other people that I'm that I'm helping them to to grow something for themselves, but also back to my family mm-hmm. who's, you know, been supportive and sacrificed a lot to get us to where we are now. So I would really, I mean, hoping, you know, my, my oldest will be a teenager and like I, we view these next 10 years as like the glory days when our, we have our kids at home and I really um, would like to see an established real estate business that is giving back to other agents um, and allowing me to live a more present life with my kids. I love that. And you're so right. Like this, right, the time is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll, I mean, they'll never be as cute as my tiny little two-year-old I again. Know. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. I love that vision. And you'll get there because you're Thank Kenya. You. <laughs> Thank you. So I will get there. I know. You're Kenya and you will get there. So I'm excited to watch your journey. Is there any piece of advice or anything? Well, actually, what would you ask or tell your new agent Kenya self? would I tell my new agent Kenya self I would probably it's like buckle up first of all <laughs> this is gonna be a wild ride um I would probably start with boundaries and expectations okay like getting clearer on that sooner so that I didn't because I think the lack of boundaries and those types of expectations in your client relationships um are what lead to burnout and that I've been I've been having to actively battle against the burnout over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of doles the, I mean, I have so much passion for real estate. I think you know that yes. it's there and I feel like it gets doled when the burnout comes and that's not fun. It's not fun when you see your passion becoming a little bit of a chore. Yeah. And I, and that's why I'm, I'm having to work really hard to, to undo that by setting proper boundaries around work and personal life. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. You you actually got very vulnerable today, you know? I think that's my superpower. I've learned that in the last year. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, um, have you read Dare to Lead? I haven't read the Brene whole book, Brown. but I listened to her podcast and I've okay. definitely, definitely partaken. <laughs> yeah. We're reading that right now and vulner- rumbling with vulnerability. Like it's, mm-hmm. everyone looks at it as like a bad thing, but it's, it's really not. It's very, a. a positive thing where we get genuine yes yes absolutely so I think we learned a lot from you today okay and Kenya can you share with everyone where they can follow you yes the best place to follow me is on Instagram and my handle there is good life homes by Kenya good life homes by Kenya good life homes by Kenya excellent and that's going to conclude today's episode thank you so much bye we hope you enjoyed this episode Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate, failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.